I would love the opportunity to be in a place financially where like some random trip comes up and I'm invited. I want to be able to go without thinking about it because I want that. I want to be comfortably financially independent from um, any sort of constriction. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Karshovsky, and welcome to episode 106 of That Remote Life podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today's episode is a little bit different than normal. It's actually a coaching call with my friend Katie Greenstone. About a year ago, Katie decided to leave her corporate job and start her own agency focused on helping brands with their social media strategy, something Katie has been extremely passionate about for a while and has a lot of experience in from her own work. She quickly brought on several clients after leaving her job, but now almost a year later finds herself at a crossroads and is struggling to figure out how to scale her services beyond just herself. So she reached out to me a few weeks ago and wanted to get my opinion on the matter. And after some back and forth, we decided to actually record our conversation just in case it is helpful for any of you guys listening. So in this episode, you're really going to be a fly on the wall of our conversation and get to hear some of uh, Katie's concerns and what she's looking to do. And perhaps you're going to get some answers for yourself as well from our discussion. But if you listen to this episode and are interested in working with me to help build your service business, check out my new coaching page over at thatremotelife.com forward slash coaching. I have a few coaching spots open at the moment. So if you're someone that wants to transition from a corporate job to working for yourself, just like Katie did, or if you are already a freelancer or service business owner looking to scale your business, then check that page out and let's make some progress together. Again, that URL is thatremotelife.com forward slash coaching. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this coaching call with Katie Greenstone. All right, Katie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Mikko. Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Just living here in Detroit. We've got 65 degree weather, so cannot complain for it being March. What about you? How are you? I'm doing great. I am not in 65 degree weather. It's um, currently 88 degrees here, which is considered cool. What? Okay, so it gets pretty hot in the area that you're in, yeah? Yeah, so here in Merida, it's like, I mean, it's like the 90s, and this is their, like, uh, not hot months. So supposedly, May through, like, August is just hell. Um, So we will not be here during May, so. (laughs) Yeah, get out while you can. That's right, that's right. Well, so for everyone listening, um just to kind of do a little bit of an intro. So Katie, you and I have known each other for, I don't know, a few years now. Uh, You were really good friends with my wife, Sarah. You guys knew each other from college. Uh, Actually, we all went to the same college, but I didn't know you then. Uh, And so we've kind of, you know, been in touch. We're friends. We see each other when when we're in Detroit and whatnot. And you recently 
left your job and started, you went off on your own. And so we've been kind of in communication since then, just kind of working a little bit together whenever you have questions or whatnot. And so we talked recently and you said that you were going through some kind of struggles or you were kind of having some difficulties. So I thought, great, let's jump on a call. Happy to help. But then I was like, why don't we record this and see if it's just helpful for anyone? So this is almost like kind of like a live coaching call, quote unquote. I don't know. So, but anyways, um, that's a little bit of a background to everyone listening. Before we jump into anything else, do you want to kind of give people a little bit of a background? I know I kind of went over things very quickly just now, but can you tell people a little bit about what your background is? What did you used to do at your job? And then why did you decide to start something on your own? Absolutely. So little bit about my background. I was a strategic communications degree and I was always passionate about business and entrepreneurship, but I really focused on that kind of thing during um, internships or I found like any possible way to make money on my own when I was both in college, even since like I was younger. Um, whether it be like I was literally running a laundry business in my college dorm at Miami to be able to like pay for cover for bars. So I was always finding a way to be an entrepreneur, whether it was in college or whether I was younger. So I ended up coming out of college, really focusing on digital communications. And I took a job at a large corporation to do a contract with their web designers and helping them create websites in the back end, do a little bit of front end development too. And it was a 10 month contract. So I had about that 10 month buffer period between college and going into the work world to work on this contract and dip my toes into the corporate life and see if I liked it. So I, I liked it, but I also liked the fact that I was in control because it was under contract. But um, I was really curious about making more money and I wanted to see what the corporate life would bring me if I decided to just dump, jump in head first. And I took a job at a, another major corporation and I did sales. It was an incredible sales training program, six months, very, very vigorous. And I decided to continue on with the sales program and go into a full-time role. And I, I like hit burnout. So I did sales for a year and a half. And on the side, I was always into social media. I was, you know, part of that was just from being in college and learning things in school. But part of it was I like had a blog on my own and I was super, super into social. So I wanted to be able to eventually go off and do that. So in my corporate job for a year and a half, I was working on social accounts on the side, making a little bit of extra cash. And then from there, when COVID hit um, and the opportunity presented itself for me to make a lot of money and then step down from my job, I did it. I went for it. I worked really hard and I gave myself a timeline. And then that's something that actually you and I talked about was like that 48 hour time period of sitting down, getting things done, give yourself a limit and go for it. And that's what I did. So now I work strictly for myself doing social accounts as like a private consultant for a couple different businesses in the Detroit area. So you mentioned that you did social media before. So what, what can, you know, obviously I'm a little bit familiar with what you do, but can you give people a little bit of background on like your social media and you know, what you've been doing for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So 
The social started when I just created like an Instagram slash blog for myself in college as a senior project. It was like a senior capstone and I really, really loved it. And I wanted to learn more about social strategy. So I picked up a client actually like partially in college coming out of college. So upon graduation, I picked up a client just helping them learn like the ins and outs of Instagram and Facebook. So how to, how to even post like to me, it's second nature, but to other people and to these other companies who their employees are not, their first language is not technology. Um, they, they hired me for consulting and through word of mouth, I had somebody else come to me and ask for some consulting lessons. And throughout that time, I was like, I could probably manage these people's accounts as well. And I could, you know, potentially throw them a couple graphics here and see if they like them. And if they do, I can get into graphics. I was very interested in seeing what directions this would grow. And I was all about going with the flow for it. So yeah, I picked up a couple of social clients throughout my time in the corporate world. So that way, when I made the jump, I had people on the back end and then they trusted me to fully run their social media. So I run social media pages. I create them from scratch if you need them, or I just help you sort of reform the ones that you're currently working with and hopefully gain clients through that. And who are your clients at, at the moment? Like, do you have a specific niche or industry that you're focusing on? See, that's something that I would love to talk to you about because I have been following the verticals that have come to me. So right now I work with an architecture firm, an interior design firm, um, another designer as well in that realm. And then I have like a one-off automotive client, which is something I enjoy because the client that I did the contract with initially right out of college was an automotive client. So it's something that I'm familiar with and comfortable with. Um, so right now I've got like these two different areas and my now that I'm able to start growing because I have my feet underneath me and I feel like pretty firm about what it is that I want to do, it's do, is everybody my client or am I do I need to be more selective in order to gain more clients and to be able to follow those verticals and be successful and have like a, a streamlined process rather than grabbing everything that comes to me. And so you mentioned when you were talking about like what you do with clients, right? You mentioned that you have the, uh, you create, like you manage their social medias, you create the social media pages. Can you go a little bit more in depth in terms of like what your services are? Like if you had like three main ones, right? What would those be? Graphics design, social media content creation, and then social media management. Gotcha. So you're essentially creating the posts for them. You're publishing them out there. You're scheduling everything. You're putting the plan together and then you're like managing their entire account. Are you also like communicating with comments and that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So I do engagement full, like anything that you can imagine that would take for a social account to run successfully, like answering DMs and um, running ads through Instagram and Facebook, as well as sometimes my clients have me come in with, like, with my camera and shoot for them, shoot some of their content within their office. So it's full service. Like you can, I can completely run your Instagram on my own if you give me the trust to do so. Some companies don't have that trust, but some are just like, we don't even want to touch it. Do whatever you need to do. So you're doing like, 
like full stack social media. Like you're creating the content, taking the pictures. Okay. All right. And you're by yourself. Depending on the client. One of the clients I do that full stack for. Another client that I have has a photographer and a drone videographer that I coordinate with to take the content and he delivers it to me and I just move forward with it from there based on my strategy. And at the moment you're just by yourself, right? Like you, yeah. you don't have anyone that does anything. Yeah. Okay. So I'm already feeling that, that little take of burnout that I just, I'm catching the feeling of it right now. And I just want to make sure that I get ahead of it. What do you feel like your clients? So you've, we've talked about what you're producing for them, right? But what do you, like, how are you helping them? Like, what is the, what are they trying to achieve by hiring you? Most of my clients want visibility. So they, they want to reach more people. Yes. They want visibility and they have no brand voice on the internet. Some of them just have websites and have no voice. Are they trying to get visibility for like brand awareness sake or are they like trying to generate leads? Both. Um, depending on the client, I have one client who's looking for more leads and he had, he's over 60 years old. So he asks me like, what, like, what does everything mean? What does all this stuff do for me? And so he doesn't even know the full extent of what social media can do. So to him, he's just like, if it brings me a client, it brings me a client. Great. But if people get my name out there, that's great too. He's kind of accepting to whatever comes his way. And he actually had a phone call come in to his office and somebody's like, Hey, I'm from a different state than what you're headquartered in. Um, but I was wondering if you guys could come out here and do some renderings for us because we want to see if you guys would be a good fit. We saw you on Instagram. And that was when it clicked to him, like the importance of this. So it's a lot of my clients, it's not even just doing the work. It's helping them understand like what the power of social media is for them. Gotcha. And so you mentioned that you're working within a few different verticals at the moment in terms of industries. How have clients come in? How are they finding out about you and how are they like booking you? Word of mouth. So it like referrals. 100% referrals. I... That is 100% all my client base. And I had, I can give you three examples here real quick. So I've got my aunt who I made a graphic for for her company in college. She ended up working, she has her own business and ended up working with somebody who doesn't have social media. And she's like, hey, I went to go tag you on social media for one of our projects and you weren't there. If you want a presence on there, I have somebody for you that can create your presence for you, like develop all of your profiles and run them. So that was how I got my first client beyond consulting. Um, and then from there, that person referred me to somebody else and somebody else in their industry. So that's how I ended up traveling through that vertical. Another one is that I was sitting down at a coffee shop got to know somebody that sits across from me. We do our work the same time every Friday and we got to talking. He took my name and number down and he has referred me to six different people to help either consult or run their social. So it's strictly been referral. It's been really cool. And finally, um, just, I had somebody pick up my business card from like a cousin. And so it's been, it's been, luck, but it's also, I, I, I believe that there's luck by preparing yourself and putting yourself out there. So that's how I've gotten all my clients thus far. Cool. Cool. Um, okay. So like, what is, 
on your mind in a moment? Like, what are you kind of like struggling with? Right now it's scaling. I mean, you heard that I've got 50 different things that I'm trying to do with my business. So, and I think it's because people throw something at me and because I'm new into the industry, they're like, Hey, are you, uh, could you do this for me? And you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can, I guess I can. And I'll figure out how to make something work. But I've noticed I've, I've had so many different people asking me for so many different things that I've taken on a lot and it's going to be hard for me to scale up and to continue on with more clients when I already have such a large scope with the current clients that I have. So buttoning things up and being able to multiply the accounts that I have rather than just focusing. I mean, I love the clients that I have right now and I'm happy with them. And for a while I was like, this is great. I could stick with these couple of clients I have and I'm good, but to me, I like, I want to, I want to progress. I want to reach more people, touch more accounts. So scaling. And, and why do you like, why do you want to scale? Growing a network. And I'm very interested in other, other industries. I want to be able to like focus on, I don't, I don't want to be stuck inside of one vertical. So I have like this fear that if I just stick to one vertical, I'm going to almost like get bored because I, I want to be able to attract as much information as I can. Like my human design is a projector. So I just like let things come to me. And if I stay, I think if I stay in one vertical, I will be stuck in that vertical. And I would like to be able to touch all these industries. So that way if somebody comes to me, I can be their go-to or they can say, I know someone that can do that for you because I've touched all of it. Gotcha. I'm trying to think about it here because so one of the things that happens with like, you're essentially in a service business, mm -hmm. you're running, I'd say like a solo agency because you're doing a whole bunch of different things. Right. Okay. Um, and one of the things that you can run into as a problem, and, and you kind of mentioned that you're afraid to, you know, decide on one industry to focus on because you're afraid that you're going to get bored. However, the other side of that is that if you spread yourself out amongst a whole bunch of different industries, you're never going to really learn the industry well enough yeah. to really solve their problems as best as possible. For sure. Right. Yeah. Unless you have like a massive team that you can say, hey, you 10 go figure out this industry, you 10 go figure out this industry. Yeah. It's, somebody said this to me a couple of days ago. They're like, if everybody's your industry, then nobody's your industry, which is something that I heard in sales a long time ago. Like if everyone's your client, then no one's your client. So mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, I think that that's something that I, if I do that, does that just limit me? Like, does that completely limit me by just selecting one niche and just running with it? Or, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just too new to be so choosy into one industry. Like if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, can you do this for me? I'm like, Oh, sure. Like I'll, I'll, I'll stretch out there. And like, Hey, can you do this for me? Sure. Why not? Like I've just been taking all these opportunities that have come my way, but I think it can get detrimental to my growth because like you said, I'm spreading myself thin. Um, so do you think that it's more beneficial to be like the expert in one vertical rather than in multiple industries? I think it depends on what you want. Like, what do you want in terms of like, when you think about why you're doing this? Like, why did you start this company? Why are you taking on these? Like, what do you, like, what do you want to do? Right? Like when you look at yourself, like, I'm not like a big 10 year guy. Cause who the fuck knows what's going to happen in 10 years. But like, when you think like, I don't know, like 
in a year or two or three, like where would you like to be with your business and where would you personally like to be? I would love to be just like financially free. I mean, I, while I love legit living on like a, I've had, I've always strictly budgeted myself and I would love the opportunity to be in a place financially where like some random trip comes up and I'm invited. I want to be able to go without thinking about it because I want that. I want to be comfortably financially independent from um, any sort of constriction. And I, as far as what I want to do, um, something about working under contract when I came out of college was that I was on multiple accounts at that time. So I would, half my day was spent working on Coca-Cola. The other half was work on Anheuser-Busch. And then the following day I worked on Chevy.com. So it was like, I was jumping to all these different things and I was the go-to person for those things, which was cool. So I think I really found enjoyment in being able to know and be comfortable in multiple different industries. Like for me personally now, I love um, the restaurant business. I love it. I, I would love to be creating content for them, but I also would love to be the person that, you know, these architects need their social media up and running, need, need it revamped. I would love for them to come to me. So I think maybe the best thing for me to do would be picking two to three, because I think that that's what lights my fire is knowing that I can go back into, you know, to different sectors, but just sticking to those three then. Um, that's, that seems like something that might make sense for me rather than just being like taking every project that I can get, being a little bit more selective. So I think like with what you've lined out as like a vision of like what you want your business to do for you, right? As you mentioned, like you wanted to have financial freedom, um, like financial stability, uh, and you want to be able to, one of the things that you mentioned, which a lot of people listening to are going to kind of like react really well to was like, Hey, if I, if there's a trip coming up, I just want to go. Right. So that immediately tells us a little bit about how we need to structure the business in order for you to have the ability to just say, I'm going to fuck off for a month. Right. Like, like that, if, if you want to have that sort of business, then that's going to inform what we do. Right. Because there's a certain amount of autonomy that your business needs to have in order for you to have the ability to do that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And like, I, I warn my clients like, Hey, I'm traveling for the next two weeks. So if I'm not back to you within my usual 10 hours, I'll make it by 24. Like, uh, cause I have just like a, a policy that I've set for myself. Every email is answered within 24 hours, no matter what. So, and my clients love it. They love it. And they love the transparency and they encourage me to like, this awesome. Like you're going to travel. Great. We'll see you. Cause I, I stop by at my clients at least once a month. So, um, that yes, I would love to be financially and, um, just, location independent as well Um, and that's kind of my goal so yeah i think that other people for sure can relate to like their friend calling them and saying like hey we have this trip planned you want to come along and it's like as you know i can do it but i want to do it comfortably i want to do it Mm -hmm. without so i do think look like i the, the fact that you've had experience working on multiple different uh working within multiple different industries uh, and the fact that you've gotten enjoyment out of that is is a good thing. So we have a direction with that. However, 
I am not a fan of like just being open and other people dictating who you work with and what you do for them. Right. So we need to make sure that you're still being selective because if you're not being selective, if your clients are dictating uh, the industry that you're working with and then also what you're doing for them, you're never going to be able to create the systems that will allow you to have that autonomy in the business. Right. So you need to almost put like, um, you know, those like little, like, what are they called? Like when you go bowling, those like little gutter rail things oh, that keep yeah. the ball in place. Yep. So we need to set those up for your business and essentially say, I don't care what's happening on any of the other lanes. Yeah. This is my lane and the ball can move with, with, within this lane, but I, I know this space, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that visual, like almost, um, like containers. Like if I already have mm-hmm. two containers or three containers on my desk being like, does this fall in this container? Cause if not, then like, let it pass, let it pass, like just stick to what you know. Yeah, I really like that. So what I would say is I'm curious when you were working on that contract, because that seems to be something that you've brought up multiple times, like that that was a really enjoyable experience and something that you're almost trying to get back to in a, in a certain way, right? Well, sense, yeah, for sure. So when you were working on all of, you know, you said multiple different industries there, what were you doing for them? Was there a pattern of the work that you were doing for them or did the work differ? Um, the work was assigned. So because I was working for an agency at the time when I was on multiple accounts, I was just, I, it was in the digital communication realm. So it was front end web dev, a little bit of back end some communication, some training of clients on how to use like their Adobe systems. It was, everything came to me, but the Mm -hmm. one thing that I loved was like, if I was able to go out to a client or a client was able to come to me, I really do love like the in-person camaraderie that happens in a meeting when you just Mm -hmm. sit down with the client now. But that said, that sort of differentiates from the fact of being location independent is well and location dependent doesn't like location dependent means being where you want to be when you want to be there so that doesn't necessarily mean like that when a client is like hey i want to meet here if you want to be there for that meeting then be there for that meeting right it just means like that you're not constantly going to an office that you don't want to go to right like that's what it means to it's like yeah so so it's what's interesting about here is that you you had an assigned field of work that you were doing on that contract, right? So even though the industries were different, you you still kind of stayed within an area of expertise. Yes. And I think that that's kind of what you might have to do with your business is determine your area of expertise and what service you're offering because if you're working within multiple different industries and then doing a bunch of different things for all of them, I have an inkling that it's going to be madness and you're going to have a lot of like, you're going to feel like you're spinning lots of plates and you can't catch them before they break. Right. Because you need to have like some sort of like, Hey, this is my fortress and this is where I exist. And within this fortress, you can play and do whatever you want. But if you try to, learn all of these different industries and do a whole bunch of different things. So like the services that you offer from industry to industry, I think, I think it's going to be too much, even yeah. if you had a team. Absolutely. And I think you're hundred percent right. And it's like, I will do 
like logos or I will do infographics or pitch decks for people. That is so different than social media. And mm -hmm. that's almost like a different sector of the business. And it's nice because that brings in a lot of money for less time, but I'm also more passionate about the social media side of it, of running people's accounts. So to me, it's been this push and pull of, do I want to just do it all at the same time? Do I need to pick one? Um, what's like, what's my, what's the smartest move for me right now without to avoid burnout and to still enjoy what I'm doing. So I, before we get into the services and like, you know, cause I think the service is going to lead into like what you're saying is that the problem, the big challenge you're trying to solve right now is, is the scalability, right? I would look at the verticals that you're working with right now. What are the industries that you're working within right now mm -hmm. and which ones have an overlap? Because what we want to do is even if it's different industries, we want to be working with the same type of person or the same type of client. Yeah. Okay. So where, which clients, so if we think about like, you know, you have a restaurant that you're working with, you mentioned automotive, like there's like a third one, fourth one, which ones of those have a client that you're like, oh, I kind of see the pattern here of the, like, which ones overlap, right? So like, I could see a restaurant and an architect, both really creative, almost artistic fields, right? So is, is there, is anything popping up for you when, when I'm talking about this? Yeah, I think the, the clients that I love to work with um, without limiting myself are, I mean, I love restaurant because I'm, I'm, my background is like food. That's where my blog started. And that's where I like really spiraled into social media was food. So restaurants, I'm really passionate about that. Architecture is something that's I was a consultant for an interior designer, which is how I got into the architecture field. And I've loved working with my architecture client. It's a really cool industry and they've referred me to builders who need accounts. And so that to me is like a really cool industry. So I think those two automotive, um, a lot of the automotive clients that I've come across, it's been a lot harder to work with them because they are so involved in the day-to-day -day operations of like the technicality and the manufacturing that like they see social media as like a back burner type deal. They'll pay a lot of money for it, but they don't want to be involved. And what like lights me on fire and I get validation is when a client wants to be like talking about the work. And I don't, you know, I, I don't just hear from them once a month when they're paying their bills. I would rather have the clients that I'm involved with. So I think mm -hmm. dealing into the ones that I am passionate about would probably be a little bit more helpful for me for a direction standpoint. Yeah. So one of the things that I like when I, cause I, I do like coaching with like other people and it's one of the things that I always try to like emphasize to them is focus on who you serve, not how you serve them. Because when you figure out who it is that you work with, they will almost tell you how you can serve them, right? Like, and the how can change as well. So, you know, I, I always use this example of um, there's a, a woman out there. Her name is Laura Roeder, I believe. 
I might be messing this up, but I'm pretty, it's, I'm like, I'm like 90% sure it's Laura Roder. And she had this, uh, she was a social media actually consultant like you. And she worked with a specific type of business, right? She worked with online entrepreneurs. That was her thing. And she did their social media. So at first she started out as a consultant. Then she had an agency that like did a little bit more things. Then she, you know, did courses around that. But then she realized that actually there was a place where she could create a software that answered a lot of their needs. And so she did. And she launched a software that is now multi-million dollar software. So who she served never changed. How she served them did, right? As she learned more about what her clients needed, she adjusted her offering until she was actually able to eventually completely productize it, right? She was able to build a product that served that need. So for me, it's far more important for you to figure out who is really somebody that you enjoy working with, who you are passionate about. Repeat that like the perfect avatar client almost for what I'm, what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Because then you, you know, when you say like, Hey, I work with these people, right. You're going to also get to know their industry. You're going to saturate that industry well enough that referrals are going to become far easier, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're building more and more advocates within that industry. And not to mention the fact that you're, you know, the industry well enough at this point that you can then go like, Oh, I, I know, I know how to deliver for you. Cause I know this industry. I know what works. You, you kind of like, that's when you start to get a lot of this, like, uh, you know, you, you look at people who are in their like forties or fifties that have literally been doing the same thing over and over. It almost seems like it's an autopilot. It's because they've just saturated that industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely. I love that because you're absolutely right. Um, I think by me trying to learn a little bit about each industry, it's going to be really hard for me to be successful to the extent of being like that expert um, in one person's industry. And because I do work so much through referral, um, that it might be worth it to me to just pick the industries I know I love and want to work in. So if that be like food and architecture. So if that's the, if those are the lanes I want to go in to just travel down them and kind of not look back. I think that that's a lot of like the, there's like a little bit of fear that goes along with it is like, am I, am I closing myself off to other opportunities? But I think if anything, it's probably going to open up more because people will know exactly what it is that I'm looking for. So they're able to refer me more effectively. There's a really great quote that I'm probably going to butcher because I'm paraphrasing it here. But essentially, the idea is that um, our parents and our grandparents were defined by the things that they said yes to the opportunities they said yes to. However, what's going to define our success in the current digital world that is so open are the opportunities that we say no to, because we have so many opportunities. There are so many choices. There's so many things that we can do. There's so many people that we want to do with that. You're just going to end up spreading yourself too thin. Right? So I wouldn't be so concerned about like closing yourself off to other opportunities because And if the fear is coming from like, like, I know one of the things that like other, like older business people talk about is like, don't like, you need to diversify into different industries because what happens if one industry collapses, right? But the world is so big that like, there's so many options out there that like, 
that doesn't really work anymore. It, that was true when you were working just in Detroit and you needed to like, hey, there's like a hundred of these businesses and that's it, right? Like that was a thing then. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that it, that's an older mentality because both of my parents are entrepreneurs. So a lot of the values that they instilled in me are ones that they practiced when they were at my age. So I think it makes sense why I have that fear of like not having like 10 different industries under my belt. So that way I can be that person and be able to form with the changes of the world. Mm -hmm. Realistically, we do have so many options today that we can just like take one and run with it. But, and also like, I wouldn't say that you're necessarily like not listening to their advice or to their mentality yeah. because I've met your dad. He's a very cool guy, very successful businessman. And in speaking with him, one of the things that he's done is like, I mean, he, he did the same thing. Like you need to be at a certain level to work with his company, right? Yeah. There are certain industries that his company serves. It's not like anybody can walk in there and use his services. So he's created even their business as big as it is. They've created their own little guardrails for their own bowling alley because it's like you need to have this revenue because you have to afford their services and they work with like I'd imagine eighty percent of their business is probably from like three or four different industries, right? Right, right, absolutely. And I mean, they've really put the guardrails up, and it's gotten to the point where like they pretty much serve one industry, maybe two, and that's it. And so that makes a lot of sense though, because I think that, and they've also just like shed some of the services that they've done. So yeah, right. absolutely. So, okay. So here's what I would kind of look at, right? I like this idea of, I think, even though you're serving different industries, I would normally say, be really specific about who you serve. So I prefer that you're very specific saying like, the perfect world would be you saying like, I help restaurants do whatever, right? But I think that with some of the industries that you've mentioned, we can get away with highlighting the personality of those industries, right? So like we, they're kind of creative, they're artistic there. So I think we can, because what I want you to come up with, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, is like, I literally want you to come up with this phrase for yourself is like, I help X people achieve Y transformation. Yes. And I have that on a sticky note. And since the second you said that to me, it is literally, I can see it right now. I have that on a sticky note. And okay, what is it? It's I, well, I have the, I have X do Y and it before right. it was, I, or it is it I help or I have it's I help. I help. Right? Okay. I help businesses strategize their digital presence through social media management and branding. Okay. Pause. Uh, that's very broad. Right. Businesses. What is that? Who? So for me now, I suppose if I'm doing it, it would be, would it be architects, architects and like service, food service or something like that? So what I would look for would be like, like touch the personality of who those people are. And this is not something that I can tell you. This isn't what this isn't something that anyone can tell you. What I would do is I would literally look at, you know, your architect and your, um, you know, food businesses and just kind of look at what is, like, what is the personality, right? Like I help creative entrepreneurs mm -hmm. achieve, you know, like whatever transformation, right? So I like, like that sort of thing is, and that's an example, but. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I mean, I I honestly have to think about it because the people in the food industry that I work with, while they they are creative, just like an architect is, like they and I will tell you because I'm I like to think that I'm very emotionally intelligent. I am like a completely different um, demeanor in one meeting with an architect than I am with you know a 30 year old hospitality group owner that runs a couple restaurants downtown. So in what way? Um, one is way more serious. So like the architect is like, let's get down to business. And he's 65 and doesn't understand Instagram at all. The other is like, yeah, I just want it to be like, what kind of content they want. Like they want flashy content. They want to mimic the content that you see in, in Detroit's definitely on the up and up, but it's not a major city in the way that New York city is. So I want to, you know, I just want to imitate that. And it's just two very, very different personalities. So it's hard for me to define um, the personality of one, or I guess if I do have to find one, I'm, I'm really going to have to sit down and think about exploring what commonalities they have between the two industries. And I would also look at like, it doesn't necessarily need to be everyone in the industry, right? Like, I mean, who are the ones in that industry that you do enjoy working with, right? Like, I'm sure that there is, you know, restaurants who are owned and operated by dicks. And then there's ones that are owned and operated by people who are cool, right? And that are fun to work with. So like, I would look at like, you don't necessarily need to, just because they're in that industry doesn't mean that they are your ideal client. Right. I love working with people that are like, I mean, I can just give you like a profile almost like people that are really passionate about what they do. And they've been in the industry for a long time. Like I love when I work with an expert, somebody that's been doing something for 20 plus years and they have been so focused on their expertise. They haven't scratched the surface with social media. I find that when I like jump in with a newer company, um, somebody that's like a new owner, And of course, it's, I almost feel like a hypocrite because I'm new to the business too, you know, but when I, when I work with somebody who really, really like their job, their job is their life, it's their career. They've been doing this for 30 plus Mm -hmm. years. Those are the people I love to work with because they're so passionate and generally they're very open because they, they're open to my ideas because they've been so focused in their lane. They haven't explored social media yet. So I think starting from the ground up with people who and with different businesses who have no presence um that's something i really enjoy kind of kickstarting it for them so maybe that's something to consider is somebody who just has no social presence at all um or just revamping for people who have very little presence yeah i mean i i love that so everything that you just said i would find a way to communicate that when you are describing your client because that right there is like i mean you are like if i were like a newbie who just opened a restaurant and i read that i'm immediately like ah, i don't i don't think i am katie's person and that's okay right? right so i would look like Personally, I like my gut is I would want you to select one of those industries, Uh but I don't think that it's necessary. Uh Yeah, I I am so new. So it's like I and I really I mean, I'm a year old 
as far as my business goes. So I think that, you know, I've worked in the nonprofit space with this business. I've worked in food industry. I've worked in automotive industry. I've worked in architecture industry, design industry, fashion industry. So it's like, I've touched a lot. And I think it's because I'm still in the beginning stages that I'm like trying to figure out. And I'm in that phase of trying to figure out like, what is it that I love? Like, what is it that sets me on fire of all the industries that I work with? Mm. Yeah. So I would, like, like I said, I think because there's a, a good amount of overlap in your industries that in, in the verticals that you work with, I think there's a way to, to work with all of them or most of them. The automotive one, for example, doesn't make sense to me. Um, oh yeah. I like that one to me, I can, and it's, and everyone's companies, especially in services, like you'll go through growth stages, right? Like in the beginning, you're not going to say no, because somebody showed up and that's saying, hey, take my money. And you're like, okay, right? So yeah. that makes sense. But as the company grows, you need to start shedding things that aren't right for you. So I would, um, I would, this is something that, you know, we're not going to be able to, to figure out on this call, but I would really think about is where is there an overlap that can exist for you in terms of the type of client that you serve within those industries? And so like kind of what I'm imagining is like, you can say, I, you know, or we, if you, you know, when you bring somebody on, we help, you know, creative entrepreneurs as an example, um, you know, grow and scale and like, you know, communicate better or, um, or whatever, you know, on social media, right? I'm kind of butchering this, but then underneath it somewhere, you can specify the industries that you work with, right? So you can be like, we work with people in the restaurant business. We work with designers, architects, you know, you can call it out in that way right. to kind of narrow it down. Yeah. So it's almost like I need to do like a, like a deep dive, like do like a graph almost of what kind of person comes from this industry that I like to work with, what kind of person mm -hmm. comes from this one and see where the overlap lies. I'm a very... Right person. So it sounds like a whiteboarding activity to me. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. So that's one thing yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about the services that you're offering, because that's the other place where I'm feeling like there's some, some issues. Okay. So do you know, okay, there's two questions here. Okay. First one, which ones if you were to just off the top of your head, obviously to give me the exact correct answer, you're going to need to like, look at like financials and stuff like that. But out of all the things that you offer, which ones bring in the most revenue? The social management. So the entire like month to month, day to day of managing somebody's social accounts that like I do a subscription service. So I have it set up so that it's like every month they know how much they're paying they pay me the same amount every month and that's it. So that's, and what do you charge for that service? Depending. So it depends on the client because one, I have three different types of clients. I have the client who wants um, like a level one of work, client who wants a level two of work and a client who wants a level three of work. So mm -hmm. they fill up by like 800 bucks between each price of package. And I start my package point at 1750. Okay. So 1715 and 800 up. You have the second tier and the 800 up, you have the third tier. Are those, is that also the service with the best margins, like the best profitability? Um, I mean, there's very low overhead because other, aside from my time, there's very, very low overhead. So I would say, yeah. Okay. 
are you taking home a salary or are you just pulling out of the business? Pulling out of because, the business. Okay. So this, like the fact that you're saying that you have very low overhead because it's just your time, you need to start looking at that as overhead because it is. Which, which is kind of what I mentioned with like the logo and stuff like that. Like the logos were a good path, didn't take as much time out of my month. And I look at my schedule kind of like on a month to month basis. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a project come in where they're asking me to design a logo for them or they want me to do a pitch deck, I can get that out within two weeks and make equally like basically the price of an account would make me in a month. So yes, that to me is even less overhead. Um, it's the back and forth that like that kind of that rendering process sort of stress like stresses me out and so i take that stress and that to me is a lot of overhead mm-hmm. whereas the time that i put into my accounts on a weekly basis um for managing them i mean it's like between five hours and 20 hours so that's kind of where it's like level one would come in at like they only want me at five hours a week, kind of like, and I, I just talk in hours because I think that that's kind of how yeah. I gauge But yeah, so it just, it sort of depends on um, how much time a client needs me. And for that service, are you, so you said that you're kind of doing everything. So that includes like you're creating the content, you're sharing it on there, you're scheduling it, publishing it, all that stuff. Right. Correct. Okay. That's so most time for sure. Actually, um, I like the fact that you've already put pricing on there that they know. So that's great because you're already kind of productizing it, mm-hmm. which is what I would actually say is I think you need to go in that direction full steam ahead in terms of productizing your services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're already one step in that direction. What we need to do now before we jump into that is is this also the, like, would you say that this is the one that gives you the most enjoyment as well? Yes. Okay. So how much of your revenue is made up of this service versus the other ones? Of the social media management? Like total, if we're looking at your total business revenue, what percentage does that service, whether it's tier one or tier three or tier two, how much of that total does that make up of your revenue? 85%. Okay. Why don't we cut those 15% off? Um, I think because I love graphics design and it gives me that sense of excitement when I get to create, like I, I love to create. And so that's why I include creating into my branding, but like a lot of the clients that I've worked with in the past, and even right now have their own creative team. They just don't have a social team. So most people that take me up on the social packages don't even use the creating portion of it where I'm creating graphics or shooting their content. Most of them have that in house. So by keeping those clients around, I'm still getting referrals from somebody that I did like a pitch deck for to another startup who referred me to a nonprofit. So that's, and that travels me into different industries as well. So 
it might be one of those things where maybe it's worth it for me to just like take away that 15% and keep the creating to like myself and my blog. And I think that if I focused on the creating and that like aspect, that might be something that um, takes care of like that passion part that really keeps me hanging on to that 15% that's creating from the logos and the graphics and the infographics and pitch decks. So the, the 15% that you mentioned, that's like services, like you're creating logos, you're making these sort of things. Right. And then when you mentioned that your clients aren't even necessarily using the, the creating part, like, is, does that mean that when you're selling them one of those tiered, uh, full social medias, they don't like take, they don't say like, Hey, can you create the actual social media posts for us? They kind of have their own thing or what? It, it depends. Like, I mean, throwing together for me, throwing together like a quick um, graphic for their stories is like nothing for me, but I'm talking like, I will have companies come to me and be like, Hey, we are brand new and we need a logo. Um, it was a pro like for a couple weeks ago, I had a property management group come to me and say like, Hey, we are brand new. We need a logo and we have no idea where to even begin. So I strictly did that for them. Whereas like the companies that I'm working with aren't asking for logos unless they're doing a full rebrand, which like, right. helping a couple with, but um, they already have their in-house personnel to do the rebrand for them. So most people that I work with on that subscription basis don't ask for me to create unless it's like a one-off situation. Right. So it's interesting that you say this because you're almost, I don't know if you're hearing this, but you're kind of like putting yourself in like where you've been saying that you want to be, right? So you yeah. said earlier on that you want to work with people who are more established businesses, right? But then the newer businesses are asking for the logo work in these things, which are the things that are actually not yeah. the biggest part of your revenue. Right. That's a really good point. So for me, this almost seems like a no brainer for you to say, listen, I do just this, like here are the three tiers, mm -hmm. pick one, which one works for you. Right. Yeah. And you can, you know, maybe the lowest one is like, I'm not creating anything on there for, I'm just managing, you know, you have, maybe they have their own like creators on team that can actually like make the posts and like do whatever. And you kind of just manage it. Right. And then like, maybe the, the highest tier one is like, Hey, I'll make you a post for every single day. I'll actually design it. I'll do all of that stuff. And I'll like, you know, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. Right. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is just because you're not doing something doesn't mean that we can't find a way for it to be profitable for you. So okay. what I would find is if you do have businesses that are coming to you and are saying like, Hey, I need a logo. Can yeah. you help me? What I want you to figure out is how you can say, I can't. However, I work with a company that I'm very familiar with that I can send you over to, and they yeah. do a phenomenal job with that okay. because now you're building brand relationships. And yeah. what you can do is you can literally have, you know, logo designers or photographers or videographers for when they need that work that you send right. work to, you collect like a 15% like referral fee. And also when they have somebody come to them, say like, Hey, I need help with social media. They're like, I know Katie, that's who you need. Right. That is so funny. You say that because one part that I've left out about this is the fact that I used to do web design too. So 
think about all the stuff that I have going on. I used to do web design and the process of it was grueling for me. And I ended up shedding that and starting to refer to somebody else. Granted, I never even considered a referral fee. And that's something that I should probably consider at some point because I have referred some, like, I don't do video work. So I have one vendor that I refer to all my video work. I should be doing some sort of referral fee for that considering I've made them thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, and I would also like go into it like both ways, like go into them and say like, Hey, if I send anyone your way, you know, well, how about you give me 10% of whatever they spend and you send me anyone my way, I'll give you 10% of like the first, you know, so that way you guys are literally helping each other out and you're almost creating like an ecosystem around each other. And this is one of the ways to enable referrals, right? Mm -hmm. The first one is just you know, like we talked about saturating the industry with your messaging, the more people that you go out to and say, I help creative entrepreneurs, you know, dominate social media mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. the more that that message gets out there, the easier it becomes, but really identifying that who the easier it becomes to spread your brand to more people. The other thing is get in touch with all the other businesses that are serving the same industry and it enabled the, the referrals, right? Absolutely. 100%. That's a really good, that's a good point. It's a good idea. That's something that I just haven't, I kind of like slept on in a sense because I do so many referrals because like that's part of my sales nature is if you can't do it, like always have a good referral to be able to connect somebody else to because it just creates, like you said, that ecosystem, that relationship. So I definitely, it should be mutually beneficial because I haven't asked the question of like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to refer this person to you. In the meantime, like, would you be willing to refer other clients to me that you're currently working with or that you come, you know, you come across and need help with social? Good. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good idea. I think just, I mean especially in like a, I mean, you like one of the things about you is you have a sales background. So if you remember, like when we first talked, I was like, hell yes, because that's what a lot of people struggle with normally is the sales. So you coming in with a sales background, I'm pumped. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're always going to be in referrals. I think that that, I mean, not always, you can definitely like invest in other ways of advertising and getting clients, but right now that's going to be your big mode. Um, right. so kind of leaning into it is, is a good idea. Um, the other thing I would say to kind of talking about, you've been talking about burnout and that kind of stuff is I think you're starting to likely approach a part where you need to maybe bring some help on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I've talked about that. A, there's parts of that, like legally that I would have to work out. B, I'm not making enough right now to even be in that comfortable spot of, like I said, going on a trip at a last minute notice. So to me, it's like, how the hell am I going to be able to bring somebody on and support them as well? Right. So I think like one of the issues with that is there's a chicken or the egg problem here that right. happens with a lot of business owners, right? So like my dad was a personal trainer. And there's naturally a point where as a personal trainer, you bump into this thing. Like I only have so many hours in the day that I can work with a client. So right. there's only two ways of making more money, right? One is either you raise your prices yeah. or you bring someone else on that you, you know, that you know that, Hey, yes, I'm going to be paying them this much, but I'm going to take profit on top of that. Right. 
So whenever you bring someone on, there's going to be a little bit of that. I would say like the easiest way to get past that is to just get a contractor, right? Like you don't need to hire somebody on full time. I would even say don't hire somebody on full time. That's a whole bunch of other tax things and whatever that you need to figure out. Yeah. So I would look at things that you don't like doing. So I'm sure that there's something in the process that you're serving that is either not where you're best utilizing your time and your skills and your talent or something that you dislike and bring someone on to do that. And that's funny you say that because that was part of the web design was like, do I want to keep that under my realm and have somebody just like have a, a preferred vendor that I work with that like I send all my website work to, but they still contract through me? Um, or do I just cut it if I don't like it? So right now, quite frankly, I'm loving everything I do. The only part that I don't like, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, was like, the back and forth process of when doing graphics, um, like the editing process into, you know, go back and forth about like all the little small minor adjustments after the big products made. So that's like the one part that I just like don't like, but other than that, I really do like everything that I'm doing. So I, I think the actual design is probably going to be where you're going to be spending a majority of your time. It's just, it's kind of a time suck. And even if you enjoy it, it's always going to be a time suck. So I never tell people to get rid of things that they like. If you enjoy doing something in the business, that's great. But what I will say is this is going to be a clear barrier towards scale, right? Is you can only do graphic design for so many companies. You can only spend so many hours doing that. Right. So, I mean, I think that there's a possibility here of hiring on a designer and you working with that designer to create the strategy and the aesthetic and then have them create all the minutia in terms of the design. And you just kind of check them off and then say like, Hey, this one's great, but how about we adjust it this way? So you still get to flex that muscle, but they're actually doing the manual work. And what I would actually to keep overhead low, um, there's some really great services out there right now, popping up like design pickle, or there's a few other ones like that, that are literally, you work with an eight. Well, so there's a difference between Fiverr and, and what I'm talking about, because Fiverr and Upwork are you hiring somebody and you kind of like interviewing them, bringing them on, kind of doing all of that. A service like Design Pickle is actually, there's other competitors as well. They're just the ones that I know the best. You pay them a fixed fee every month and you get unlimited designs from them. So you actually get a designer that comes onto your team and there's the only person that you communicate with. They get to understand your aesthetic, but Design Pickle's already done the work of, is this designer good? We're going to take care of all of their things in terms of employment. You just pay them as a software or as like a service and you work with this designer and they just do this stuff for you. Okay. And there's no legality between you like claiming that work or anything like that. Okay. I mean, you can write it off the same that you were the software. Right. That's really interesting. I did not know that that was even like a, an option. I didn't know that that was a service. That's a great tool to use because you're right. You are still flexing that muscle of saying like, I can help you with this, but you're not necessarily putting the 10 hours it takes to design something. So mm-hmm. 
great. Because yeah. like, and, and the way that like Design Pickle works, for example, as far as I understand, you can do more of this research is you pay a fixed amount and they do like, you know, they don't start the next one until they finish the first one, but it's technically unlimited. If you want to send them a thousand things, as long as the thousand things fit into a month, and that's great, right? right? Yeah. But you can pay more money and get two designers or three designers that are on call for you. So yeah. you can essentially, and the reason why I'm kind of going into this is we live in a world where I fully believe that you can create a business by just slapping together different services. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. So sure. I think that's, I mean, for me, knowing you, I know you're a killer at sales and relationships. And you have a great aesthetic eye, right? So you, you like in terms of branding, in terms of like generating the right emotion, the right design, you're really good at that strategy. You're really good at seeing that. And also you're a killer saleswoman. So I'm almost like, I want you to exist in those two spots and then let designers put your vision to work. Right. That's, I love that. I think you're absolutely right. That's like a really, that's something I've never explored. So, and I think part of it was like, I didn't even consider that avenue because it's like, this business is my baby. So, you know, you, sometimes you have to let go of control in some aspects to be able to gain control in others. So um, I think that that's a really good resource that I will absolutely explore. That definitely makes, it makes sense. And so what ends up happening here, right, is like, let's say you do go down that path. Let's say that you do end up working with a design pick or you hire somebody or whatever right. that, yes, takes away from your take home pay, mm -hmm. right. but it opens up a whole bunch of time for you to be an absolute saleswoman boss and get new clients. Yeah, 100%. And that's like at some point. I think that ideally I'd like to have enough clients to where I'm like so overwhelmed with having to manage multiple sources that I can bring someone on and say like, Hey, this is your client. Like I will be doing, I'll be like the main point of contact, but this is your back end work. Right. Like, you're doing the copy, you're doing the scheduling. So that's something to shoot for. That's a goal that I'm working towards. Um, and I think that by narrowing things down and, finalizing certain things like that. I help X do Y statement. That'll help me a lot in the long run with being able to get there and get there relatively quickly. So how do you feel? Like, has this been helpful? Like, has yeah. this answered your questions and that kind of stuff? You're sort of like, like I've had all these like back burner looming thoughts. Like I have a list that every time I like think about something that I want, I write it down and I revisit it. And I'm like, is this part of my, like, is this part of the plan? Like, is this something that I'm really serious about? And I sort of, cause like when you're a dreamer, like a lot of entrepreneurs are, it's easy to want 50 things, but only truly what's good for you is like four or five of them. Mm -hmm. So this has helped me kick myself in my ass a little bit to be like, okay, actually you, you favor these two niches or you favor this industry. Um, like work with it, go with it rather than trying to gather so many things and distract yourself from just making the leap further into just finalizing what it is that you actually want as your client. So right. absolutely, I know I feel like this was a really successful coaching class blessing um, because it's just, it's easier to like think about things and just sit there and be like, oh, like I'll get to that. Like I'll confront that issue later with my business because you're just busy in the day-to-day -day weeds. But like having somebody who A, has experience coaching other people on this stuff and 
having somebody that has been through it himself, um, it's really helpful to like kind of hear it and be like, okay, you're right. You're like, I, I do need to figure my shit out. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, I'm super stoked for you. Um, and I've, I told you that from the very beginning, like, I know you're going to be successful. You're, you work hard, you kick ass. You're so good at what you do. Like, you know, I'm super, I'm, I'm just stoked for you. Uh, yeah, kicked me in the butt and got me to like make the leap. Like, I mean, it took me months. You were, you saw me in that, that very low valley of when I was in the corporate burnout phase and you saw like I was, I had my wheels turning and you were kind of helping me go through making that leap and like being there on the other side, you and Sarah sent me like my first tool that I, I used today at a coffee shop. She was like, you guys, you're going to use this stand for your laptop in a lot of coffee shops. Just wait. And I use it. It's in my bag. So, I mean, you guys have been so supportive. So thank you so much for just helping me through all of these trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur. Perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and to, you know, letting me record this. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm but it's a good thing. Like it's people need to realize that it's not just like what you see on TikTok and what you see on Instagram. It's not like you wake up, you change your mind you make the jump and you're there six figures later. Like it, it's not like that. So it's important, I think, for people to be aware and allow the visibility um, for other people to see like this is what happens. This is in the weeds and this is what it's about. Perfect. Well, here's what I think we're going to do or we might do if you're down for it is. I'd love to revisit this in like six months and see what's happened, you know? And I think people are going to be interested to see, you know, and it's going to be good for you. Cause you're gonna be like, shit, like I need to get on this and tell people what happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's accountability for sure. I would absolutely love that. And I promise you, I will be have that X, Y statement down pat and everybody's going to be, um, I hope everybody's going to be really happy to hear what's going on in six months from now. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and we'll chat in six months then. Sounds good. Thanks, Mikko. Appreciate it. It's always good to see you.